up, Nick? February 27th. Chasing Points Podcast 125. It's Sam, Brandon, and Harrison here mixing it up today. Happy uh, Monday if you're watching on YouTube and Tuesday morning if you're listening on, uh, you know, wherever you listen to our podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, what's up, guys? How we doing? What's new? Brandon? I'm just here so I won't get fined. Brand- yeah, Brandon's okay. in protest today, so you're yeah, just going to- for the pleasantries today, I see. <laughs> yeah. Are you crankier than last week or like the same or lower? No, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Okay, so higher. More <laughs> minimal just minimal <laughs> input here from yeah. from yeah. A's. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh a lot's going on in the world of sports, and we're here to cover it for you. Is uh, there a lot going on here in sports? You know, we're gonna add, we're gonna figure that out okay. right now. I guess All we're gonna right. just as you can see, this one's off the rails before, way before we even hit record. So uh, here we are. Uh, hey, uh, hey, guys, what do you want to talk about? There's uh, a lot of controversy going on in college basketball. Uh, maybe we, we'll we should actually there. touch. We should touch first on what is the worst sporting time, because because like think- right now is is an interesting one, and then like late July is bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious what you guys think. I think to like the hangover of not having football and mm. adjusting to basketball and especially after a pretty weak all-star game. And then <laughs> I'm not much for college basketball. I do try. So I would say this time is kind of like, uh, until baseball mm-hmm. starts for me. Um, but yeah, I would, I would go with right now. We're in it. We're I'm, in it. I'd probably have to say, july but right now is pretty bad too uh as to sam's point the transition from football every sunday were four to five days a damn week uh to now going back to basketball which is perfectly fine because it's you're starting to see some good basketball happen being that we're in the second half and then we're also inching closer to march madness so i mean once that happens yeah i think the energy of sports will kind of just raise back up again and then obviously we have spring training that's going on right now too uh which is for those that are deep in like fantasy baseball sam and in his crew and stuff like that and people that are getting ready for their drafts and whatnot and keeper leagues like this is a big time to watch what's going on there so i really feel like it just depends on the group uh or you as an individual honestly of what you really like some people are huge fans of baseball some people are huge fans of basketball and vice versa. So it really depends. All right. That answers my question. Yeah. Well, great question. About, question of the day. <laughs> how about for you? You didn't even answer. You didn't answer. No, it's, it's definitely July for me. I mean, this, yeah. this part, yeah. this, obviously it's a, it's an odd week where there's really not a lot going on, but I think, you know, once you get to, you know, the college basketball conference tournaments for me and then March Madness, it, it, it's just a little bit of a break here. Um, between, you know, obviously what you guys said, football and basketball really kicking up. But July is is terrible. I mean, I love I like ba- I like baseball. I just I watch the Yankees religiously. That's about it. I don't really dive into any National League games or or, or much else other than the Yankees. Um, so that that gets me through the day to day. But otherwise, sporting wise, it's just kind of kind of dead. Yeah. August is rough, too, because football mm-hmm. hasn't football's in front of us but it's not live so it's kind of like you're just surviving off of baseball and if you root for a team that's out of it or just not as interested in in uh, baseball then you're you're 
um, looking for other things to do. But yeah, it's uh, been a rough yeah. three. It's been a rough few years for me when it comes to that because the Yankees Same. have been doing absolutely nothing in this year. You know how much hope I have in this team, so we'll see where it. Uh, the Yankees need to win Hayes back. Is basically the no the, the moves last that they did this off season yeah. were, were really good. Uh, I, I mean, I still still believe we need more pitching, but you know. I'm a Juan Soto super fan. I just watching every spring training at bat. He's oh, yeah, he my new good. favorite player. He looks so good. Everybody so seems hyped. The vibe looks very, good. Yeah, I'm very excited. Twitter is very interesting when it comes to Juan Soto. So it's it's just intriguing to see what's going on. Because mm-hmm. now he's in New York media, so it's different from all the media he's ever endured before. So yeah, even Washington winning a World Series, he did not come close to the coverage that no. He even experienced yeah. just in day two of spring training games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there, there's that. I guess let's uh, let's start on the on the hardwood as they will. Right. Uh, the big controversy in the the NCAA. I'd love to get your takes on it because we have not really talked about even offline any of any of these topics. So we'll see how this conversation goes. But uh, Wake Forest hosted Duke over the weekend, and uh, Wake Forest won. I didn't watch the game. I'm not going to pretend like I watched the game, but I, <laughs> I did. I did either. see what happened after. I didn't either. <laughs> was it a close game? I uh, I'm assuming because you only storm a court when like an unprecedented win happens or a big win. I don't know if it was like a last minute uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Part of my ignorance here. Maybe Harrison can fill us in so, here. But so I'll obviously, yeah, obviously the the court storming thing has been happening. You know, frequently as of late, as we get some kind of top matchups against top teams and and upsets, uh, I it's it's more so now. Obviously, we had the Caitlin Clark incident where she got hit by a fan. Yeah. Um. But I I just I have rules for court storming, and not a lot of these rules are being followed. Like I feel like you should only court storm if you beat a number one outside of and you're outside the top twenty five. Otherwise, in conference games like Wake Forest and Duke, which happens every year, like why why are we storming yeah, the yeah. court? I, I just don't I don't quite understand that. I so it's I'm gonna bring music into this because for me as a avid concert goer and seeing how there's at times like I don't go to rock concerts where there's mosh pits, but if you go to a Travis Scott show, there is bound to be a moving mosh pit. And I'm using that reference because that is what happens. The crowd pushes up, the crowd moves, and they don't. There's there's certain etiquette and courtesies that you're supposed to have when you're at a concert. Understanding who's by you. In that incident, there was kids that were hurt, uh, lives that were lost, people that were trampled, so on and so forth. It's I feel it's okay to storm the court because it's a part of college basketball tradition. But understanding if you're going to do that, that there's players trying to get off the court and stop trying to rush over people and understand if somebody uh ends up falling somebody ends up uh on the ground that that could be life or death honestly because there is a, a multitude of people that are running not thinking about it and you're stomping on somebody's uh extremities and that's not good uh watching what happened to caitlin clark watching what happened to this young man i even they were talking about it on um uh what's the Thing on ESPN, I can't even think of it. The first, the, first the, thing. No, the sports where they sit there and they the, all the writers talk. Um, okay, but uh, whatever, I forgot the name of it. But anyway, they around were around the horn. Around no, the horn. No, it's, oh, okay. it's similar to that. It's by uh, Sports Illustrated. 
Jeremy Chef or whatever his name is. Yeah, outside the lines. Okay. Oh, there you go. Thank you. There you go. I got it. I got it. I knew one of you were going to get it for me. But they they were sitting there and talking about it. They showed like a whole history of it, and they flashed back. And this one player literally got tackled by a guy, like a guy <laughs> full blown. He, he knew what he was doing. He ran to him, scooped him up, tackled him type thing. There was a player that lost his ability to walk based on his injuries from that. So, uh, again, we haven't seen it to that magnitude in recent memory, but it, it could get bad. It's just have common decency and understand that there's people in there that aren't suitable to be able to withstand being trampled. Like Nobody wants that. So, yeah, I, I just think it's just being aware. Of what's going on around you? Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing because it's something that's happened forever, and it's kind of like been grandfathered into all mm-hmm. of the, you know, security added security measures and things that have, you know, you'd hope have been added to live events in the in the coming years, right? So it's kind of like one of these things that's you know it's still permitted. I don't really you know not really going to a school where, you know, I did go to a D1 basketball school, but I don't really recall a time where we ever stormed the court, but um, it's just kind of just something that's been, that happens. But I agree with you. I mean, if, you know, these, these uh, legacy schools, these big programs, they shouldn't be storming the court because they expect to win, right? Like it's, it's one of these things I don't follow. I haven't followed Wake Forest since, uh, like Chris Paul went there, right? So like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I can't, you know, I, I don't know, but clearly they didn't expect to beat Duke. And regardless of where that program is now in comparison to its heyday or even just recent memory, it's still Duke. I, I understand that. But yeah, I, I don't want to be too much like revisionist kind of like, ta- you know, tackling this like, well, we we need to ban it. Clearly, clearly it needs to be changed because people are getting hurt and not only you know you know uh this guy from duke got hurt and you know we mentioned caitlin clark who's the most you know one of the most dynamic female athletes in in sports and in recent memory there too so i don't really know what you can do um because it just kind of feels like regardless you're taking away a part of the game but also you know i think we just need to be smarter about you know, how we execute it, if you will. But I mean, I, I believe there's ways that you can go about it because if you look at uh, the national football game or a national football championship game, you don't see fans storming the field, right? No. That doesn't happen. There's, and, and I know it's a uh, court is way more uh, condensed than in uh, at a football arena or whatnot. But if you're able to do that and, and stop people from coming onto the field outside of obviously the families and staff, why can't you do that in an indoor court, right? So Jay Billis was saying that um, the universities looked at the analytics and they're basically told to allow people just to come in because it it would be easier. So Jay Billis went on to say, well, okay, so when they all come onto the court, then everybody's on the court, you detain them at that point, and it'll (laughs) stop it from going happening again going forward. Now, obviously, that's a bit extreme. whatnot. I think it's also hilarious that he said that, but (laughs) Uh, I, I mean, I, I believe there's an easy way of doing it because a lot of people that are rushing the court are students. So yeah. there's a lot on the line for the students. So there's there's easy way of doing, but that's to the point of what this conversation is. 
I don't think they care to stop it because it's a it's a moment for the university. It's something to use in the highlight reels. Harrison can speak to it. It's something that you would put in your opening intro before they come out that everybody jumping around it. It adds to uh, the the history of of the team, regardless if it was a, a shitty season or not. It's just something that it's a moment that you can add and look back to. Yeah, I agree with your take, Case. It's more like just like everything in life, like in moderation or just just be uh, cautious or courteous to those around you. I think we yeah. have, we've lost that a lot as a society, and it's kind of it's kind of shown a little bit now recently with some of these incidents of like, hey, like just be aware. Like <laughs> you know, we can you can you can come on the court, you can rush the court, but just be knowledgeable yes. about the things that are happening around you um, and the dangers that that do exist when you are rushing a lot of people like you said like yeah I'm a you know a college administrator and you know we we have a big game coming up Friday and we're supposed to have a packed student section would this warrant rushing the court no it's an in-conference opponent not ranked but if it was to happen in the future you know you don't want to take away those moments those moments are very important to students they're memorable they're important to the you know the institution um, but yeah, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. They, you know, I, I think it's even, we referenced football a little earlier. It's been a while since I've seen that even happen on a football field, right? I'm tearing down the goalposts and yeah. doing all of that as yeah. well. But yeah, there's, a, there just needs to be a way to do the safe, safer. I, I don't, from what I hear, and again, didn't follow this story, you know, bit by bit here, but there are some conferences that have regulations regarding this. there's some that don't and um you know i i think just making a change with just safety in mind is important um you know clearly losing a losing a game in the you know final seconds here the players should not the first thing they think of is i need the losing team i need to run off the court before i get trampled yeah. um so yeah. there should be some some decency there but um, yeah, the, uh, the SEC, the SEC banned it. It's like a hundred thousand dollar fine to the school. Um, and I think recently, I think it was Kentucky or Auburn. One of them stormed and they had to pay the fine. So, uh, so, you know, yeah, they, they straight out banned it. it. It's what it's crazy to me is, um, you're watching this and it's screens entitlement to me from the fans, right? It's. It's my team. I root for this team. I can do what I want. I can do what I mean. And it, and what I'm saying by this, I'm even looking beyond the court. When we watch these teams win national championships or they win uh, Super Bowls and so on and so forth, what are fans doing in in the streets? They're flipping cars. They're burning shit down. They're doing all this stuff. And it's just like, what does that do for your team? You know what I mean? Like, what? What does that do for any anything on your fan base to be like really highlight what you do? It just makes you look like idiots, honestly. Uh, so I, I really, I really think people need to look. I understand you're passionate. You're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to these games, as Kylo is spinning around in the back. Spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to these games. I understand you're fully invested in it. You have a bunch of gear in your closet. Great. You got some vintage gear from your grandfather's grandfather and all that stuff. But that does not allow you to just do what you want freely. And Will, my hat is magenta. So just so you know, Will asks what color my hat is. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of like where it's at. Magenta hat. 
You know who wouldn't rush the court? Kylo. He's no, he jumping. wouldn't. Now, actually, yeah, that's Solani. So. He would because he loves people, so he would absolutely rush the court and be looking at everybody like somebody pet me, and then he would <laughs> probably just run I off. I need a attention. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So exactly. there's the what? She let dogs rush the court only. Just, just animals. <laughs> just, that'd be adorable. I mean, it is kind of a concerning thing to know that these like part-time security guards, whether you know it's CSC or wherever, these other, you know, they they hold no chance, right? Like you could you could line hundred of them up around the the perimeter of a basketball court, and they're probably still gonna get trampled so if you do storm a nc2a court like be smart about it guys you know what are we going to do here um but speaking of uh ncaa and uh i i did see this i guess conversation or just uh remarks go viral is from you referenced jay billis when they were talking about expanding the field of i guess 68 to uh you know an ungodly number what was like 90 something i saw like 88 96 or whatever like i just want to get your thoughts on that too because it just no i i completely agree with jay here it's asinine it's um no i think you need to like i get the money involved and i get that all of these teams want their part of you know the opportunity um and even though you know i mean we do see cinderella stories and and higher seeds or you know lower seeds in this regard um you know get you know, make their way through the bracket and whatnot, but you kind of got to just win to, to be there. And, uh, Sam, Sam, all of you're, this com- Sam you're making this too long. The answer from all three of yeah, us, I'm mean, answering from all of no. us is no, leave March madness the hell alone. It is fine. The way it is. I understand there's so much money to be made, which is why I right. got the college football playoffs. Keep expanding. And I guarantee in some point in time, we're going to have, every single team in college football playing for the national championship at one point, leave it alone. Just leave it alone. March Madness is fine the way it is. No, I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, you even look at these bubble teams, right? And you, even if we were to just put the bubble teams in, there's still going to be more bubble teams. It's always going to expand. And I just, you know, I don't really care to see like the football playoff expand too much because it's already, you, you get in these conversations where like, Okay, well, if we did put Florida State in, you know, it probably would just wouldn't. Yeah, it just wouldn't <laughs> it be something. a great matchup anyway. And like, but I, I think the college football this this expansion that is coming, I'm okay with this. But if they, you know, what they're gonna do eventually, they're gonna look at it again and they're gonna revise and potentially expand it beyond that. I don't. I think this one, this extension, uh, is fine. I think that is is gonna be okay. Because then we can have the conversation and we can sit on the podcast and be like, all right, so Florida State was on the bubble, blah, blah, blah. They went in and they got absolutely obliterated. Now we don't have to talk about you anymore because you were in there. You had a chance. You had to do that. So, again, there's going to be people, as you said, Sam, that are going to be on that that bubble, the cusp of trying to get in. And there's always going to be somebody. Well, it'll just, yeah, it'll just change the conversation yeah. to like instead of the fourth and fifth team, it's the 12th and 13th. Correct. I think we're in a, I think we're in a good place right now. I mean, obviously the last couple probably 10 years now when they expanded from 64 to 68 to get that first four games in. Those are fun and it gives yeah, a good opportunity fun. for a mid-major to get a win, but I I think we're at a good number and you got to think of like the trickle down that would happen because of this. You know, I'm obviously at a small mid-major college 
and our league is one bid. So our conference championship means so much because yeah. if you don't win yeah. that, you're not in. Yeah. But that's the intriguing part about it. Would I would I love for, you know, our whole season not to ride on one game? Yeah, that'd be nice, but selfishly that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, but overall, like for the fan, it I think it's in a great spot right now and expanding even further just waters down the regular season, kind of like how the NBA is now. The regular season is watered down because it's 82 half games team, long yeah. and half the teams get in. So I, you know, it's about the journey. Um, It's about getting there. It's not about, yes, obviously the money is massive and they'll make a ton more money if they let in 96 teams as opposed mm-hmm. to 68. But that's not what I want as a fan. Like it has to mean something during the year. So what you do during the year has to matter. Agreed. Well said. Beautiful. Love it. Uh, I guess other news, because we can't not talk about football, um, some franchise tags or, or some rumblings coming out. I don't know if the window is open to where you can tag guys, um, but some news coming out of Vegas and New York that Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. um, at, I'm looking at this now, even Tony Pollard, uh, all who were tagged last year may... Uh, maybe come free agents this year and uh, the Raiders, Giants, and Cowboys respectively will will not Derek tag Henry. these guys. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's out of town. Austin Eckler. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, names. basically the whole uh, running back committee that we heard about during last offseason that were <laughs> each other. Yeah, pretty much yeah. all of them. All of them. Yeah. So, so we're in a position now where certainly this got a lot of uh, – we talked a lot about this as the tags were the deadlines were passing and and these guys agreed to one year deals or accepted the tags here. But um, as the cap now gets bigger and 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 the NFL salary cap got you know what was it like thirty million more yeah. something like that. You know yeah. Yeah. this is going to be a, a really interesting off season for for the running back position because not only you know we've just mentioned some studs of the last you know five, six years in the NFL, yeah. and then you you add uh, DeAndre Swift, A.J. Dillon, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Ooh. J.K. Dobbins, mm-hmm. Zeke, uh, CEH, uh, Gus Edwards to that mix as well, all pending free agents next month. Um, you know, it'll be a, be a really interesting uh, time to be a running back in the, in the NFL, and I'm really interested to see how much of this extra salary cap does not go to this position, uh, which is, is kind of a shame. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Obviously now, like you listed off that flood of names, they're probably going to cannibalize themselves as far as the money comes and who, who's offering what. So yeah, it's unfortunate for the running back position. That's kind of been marginalized over the years, but it's still obviously super important. Like the chiefs got there, you know, not obviously because of Patrick Mahomes, but because of the running game and because of the controlling the ball that they had behind them. Same for the 49ers. So there's a lot of teams out there that should maybe, you know, look to pivot to to get some sure hands in the backfield. Obviously, getting Saquon it would be huge for any team. He's still very, very good. Um, and along with a lot of those names you said. It's just really yeah. sad to to see that this position uh, is not as valued as it once was when we were growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And seeing the running backs that we saw, and I'm talking Hall of Famers, Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, uh, the Ricky Williams and, and Adrian Petersons, and so on and so forth, right? And now to see that it's just essentially there's only 
maybe three running backs that are kind of untouchable in the in this league at this point in time, and CMC is the number one untouchable at this point in time. Um, it, it's very interesting to me to see this happen, but it, it it makes sense as well because there's a lot of running backs coming out of draft out of the draft, right? You're getting them young, you're getting them on rookie contracts. You don't have to spend all this money where you can get these guys now um, at a to be a backup or a veteran presence in your locker room and you get them for a fraction of what they're asking for at this point in time. So, I, I mean, for the analytics, analytics clearly for the teams are proving that we don't need to spend this much money uh, for a running back. And I've watched the Eagles do it, and they've won Super Bowls without it, made it to Super Bowls without spending so much money and just getting a guy and paying less. They let Booby Sanders go, and he went and did absolutely nothing with the Panthers, and he got paid ridiculous money, right? Zeke wanted to get paid, went to New England. We don't even know where Zeke is right now. Um, so it's just... It's it's things like that that we're trying to to figure out, but the money is all locked up in quarterbacks, top wide receivers, top corners, top safeties, top ed, edge rushers, and then pretty much trenches and out. And it's not yeah. running, running back is like the only position that I feel like just doesn't get any love. Yeah, running back, yeah, yeah my back. There's just it's so much, hard. like you said, so much talent out there, and their shelf life is super short. Yeah, and I, there's so many times where yeah. like a running back will go for however many yards, and then the next year they're unheard of because their bodies are beaten to the, a pulp. So yeah, yeah, I think it's the, unfortunate. The career expectancy of of that position's like you know just a couple of years. I think the average NFL player is yeah. like three years or something yeah. like that. But yeah. even yeah. This, this long list of guys that I rattled off, there's three, four first round picks in it. And it just, I think, you know, Josh Jacobs, Saquon, uh, Zeke, and, and CEH are all, were all first-round picks. But a lot of these guys were, you know, second, third-round picks. I mean, you look at, like, the guys like Alvin Kamara you can get in the third. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, you know, two-time Super Bowl champion, or yeah. mm-hmm. one Super Bowl, no, two-time Super Bowl champion. He was mm-hmm. a seventh-round pick from, a, you know, um, from Rutgers. So it's, a, it's one of those things where they're kind of at the, you know, because the position has performed so well and the undrafted or late guys perform so well, it kind of just, it hurts the the top end here yeah. too. But the games, it's an important aspect to the game. It always will be. I, you know, the team, it's really interesting to see the teams that kind of, you know, and the Patriots did this for a long time where they like pivot, like everyone else is throwing the ball around the field. Like let's control the run game. Well, it works when you're winning, but when yeah. you're not and you don't have like, you you can't keep up with with the scoring. It's it's going to be a problem. And you know, as as good as these guys are, there's you know, um, certainly uh, you know, I I just don't think even with the cap raising thirty million dollars to a record two hundred fifty five million that you know I don't think running back prices are going to increase after this. Well, um, well, also I, I think a part that we're not highlighting, and I think we should absolutely highlight here is these guys' injury history. Uh, all these running backs that we've mentioned here are extremely injury-prone. Saquon being at the top of that damn list, which yep. is unfortunately, because I love Saquon to death, but he can't stay healthy. So when you're seeing that, I, I'm thinking as a team, I'm investing X amount of money that you want me to invest into you, which I know when you're on the field and you're consistently on the field, you're worth that. But the thing is, you haven't consistently been on the field. 
then it shows. It's it's not like I'm just pulling it out of air and saying that you don't play. The the track record shows. I know you want to play, but you're hurt a quarter of the season when we need you, right? And it, it's it's a big part to put in it because running backs do so much blocking. You have to run through the trenches or getting hit by the 300, 400 pound dudes, right? Then you got to get to the second level where you got the fast linebackers that are also strong as hell hitting you. And then you got the faster cornerbacks and safeties also trying to hit you, right? It's a little bit easier once you get to that because you're a little bit stronger than them. But still, the point stands. It's I, I, I will reference something that I mentioned his name earlier, Will. He said something to me a long time ago, and I thought about it. He was like, you know, you got to think of it from this perspective. If a team is willing to allow you to walk, there's probably a reason, right? There's probably a reason that the team is just allowing you to walk because they don't just let uh, um, a CMC walk out the door unless you just can't pay, right? They don't let a uh, Joe Burrow just walk out the door unless you can't pay. That's the only way that it happens if you have these guys that are elite talent. So it, it's just what's your track record and what it is out there. And I think the injuries say a lot. Yeah, the best mm-hmm. ability is availability, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I think the fact that these guys won't even get tagged and the tag, I think, is around $12 million. And that's the, top, the average of the top five salaries of that position. So the fact that they're not even getting tagged, I don't know if it's because some of these guys were already tagged or... They, these teams just don't even want to spend that much on a, on the position. And then knowing that, I mean, I, we just named like 10 running backs here. They're going to, they're all going to find a home somewhere. Yeah. Um, and even if it's to complement a younger, you know, uh, a younger, more, you know, fresh back, then that's just going to be what it is. But then you see kind of the, how they kind of can fall off a cliff too. Like um, Dalvin Cook comes to mind, right? Like he, wasn't he was he the Vikings knew they didn't want to continue to pay him what they were paying him they they could get that production from Madison or other positions he goes to the Jets Brees Hall they use him more and 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 uh he didn't even get any run on a, a Ravens team that went to the playoffs so you know it's when it when they fall off the cliff and when it ends it's it's abrupt and uh you know it's again it's just it's really just a kind of the reaction to how good the position is and yeah. it's it's sad but um it could also be looked at as you know you don't want to pay a backup quarterback but until your quarterback you know tears his achilles <laughs> four p- plays into the game then you're like oh crap i should have had you know why don't we have a good backup quarterback yeah. and yeah. you know backup quarterbacks win games i mean garter uh, the colts garter Minshew brought them a lot further than they would have been with you know an Someone else. I mean, Nick you look Foles at your, your Eagles. Bowl. I was just gonna say, Nick Foles won a <laughs> Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, and yeah. then he fell off the face of the earth again. Yeah. So it's like it's it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's not important until it's important. Correct. Um, so yeah, it's just an interesting time. We'll we'll monitor that. It looks like T. Higgins though will be tagged by the Bengals. So smart. Um, yeah, uh, he would have made a lot of teams better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he'd be a, a great choice for a team like the chiefs or something like that who could you know uh again use that that presence but honestly i think that, they're prolonging the inevitable i don't i don't think they're going to be able to do it with chase uh with chase uh young's uh contract and then uh joe burrow's 
contract. I don't think they're going to be able to to yeah keep him. once yeah once they pay Jamar Chase, they're not going to be able to yeah, chase one day. Jamar Chase, and I think they're the Chase Young. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, Chase Young might get some money. This he's not getting money. <laughs> he's not getting money. He's not. <laughs> he had a good playoff run. Anyway, yeah, hey, uh, you might want to watch that again. <laughs> well, it, it helps when they, you know, when Bosa's on the other end and yeah, pick it up a lot of uh, yeah, picking up a lot of slack there. But still, yeah, that's uh, that's all I got, guys. Anything you want to throw out there? What's going on? We're off the cuff today. We're off the cuff. That's NBA's back, back picking up. NBA's back. Yeah, we have to you know, say, guys. Ca- I, uh, Cavs are in second place somehow. Look at Bucks, Bucks are looking much better. Um, yeah. Read some stuff today about, you know, they're under Doc Rivers, the least scored amount team on the fast break. So a lot. So that defense thing we were talking about, shaving off a few points a game is is paying dividends. So mm-hmm. Bucks are back. Uh, T-Wolves and Thunder locked in for first place in the West. Nuggets right there, game back. So a lot a lot going on. Warriors look old as hell. Uh, oh, yeah. They've, they've been... Great and washed. Yeah, I was watching the them against the Nuggets yesterday. What that was that and, rough. Yeah, that was rough. Clay came out hot though. I'm not even yeah. lie. Clay came out hot, but it's just like so disappointing watching Clay play because it. You also forget that Clay was gone for so long. <laughs> like he was gone for so yeah. long because of that yeah. injury to him, and yeah. it. You can definitely tell it affected his career and his. Oh, yeah. Because he was he was a sure thing when he got the ball in his hand, and it was just unstoppable. Um, I know they're they're putting a lot of uh, coin in the Kaminga train at this point in time, and hoping that he does things and and whatnot, and that's great. Uh, they got they got rid of Jordan Poole because Lord knows what the hell he's doing down in Washington. Uh, but I, I, it's crazy to see that Steph is still producing at a high rate, but the team around him is not aging well. Um, and you can really, really, really see it because. The Nuggets at the beginning of the game look like they, I mean, in the beginning, there's always a game of runs within a basketball game, as we know. Right. But at the beginning of the game, the Nuggets look like they weren't going to do anything. And then they just end up just bashing their heads in at the end. And it was just like, okay, yeah, we're done here. I'm just I'm I'm curious playing, what they're going to they're gonna do. Like, it's just it's yeah. very, very interesting. And I'm also very interested in the Lakers, man. It's it's I watched them play. They have some really good pieces that they picked up last year they picked up Dinwiddie uh during the trade deadline and whatnot um so they have some pieces that are just sitting around there D'Lo has been getting more burn since uh post trade deadline and whatnot but again everything yes LeBron is LeBron but the team is supposed to go through Anthony Davis and I still feel to this day at this point in time if the if the Lakers are going through Anthony Davis they're not going to win they're just not, in my opinion. Yeah, the the similarities between the Warriors and Lakers are are so huge. Yes. I mean, you got, uh, but also the differences too. I mean, with the Warriors, you have you know a very steady coach with Steve Kerr. With the Lakers, Darvin Ham is just he's just not he's not a very good coach. I think the Lakers have better pieces. I thought the window had closed on the Warriors before their last championship. So for them to get one more, you know, when they beat the Celtics a few years ago, was huge. But they're clearly on the back end of their yeah. run and their talent. And yeah, Clay is Clay is hasn't been the same guy for two years. So yeah. um they've they've gonna they're gonna have to do something. You know, they gotta you they probably gonna have to blow it up. Um but I don't even know what that means for a team yeah. like that. And it's weird to see because they 
they were obviously the dynasty of the yeah. last decade. Yeah. Um, so, and, and yeah, it, you know, you got Steph still producing at a high level. You got LeBron still producing at a high level. Um, but the things around them, you know, Anthony Davis not getting any younger and he would no. have her very reliable to yeah. begin with. I, I feel like though, the, I mean, the Warriors that the Nuggets game uh, was yesterday was, was rough. Yeah. Um, I mean, but they are, I think like they played, yeah, they're in 10th place now, eight of their last, or, uh, they've won eight of the last 10. I mean, since Draymond came back, I feel like the team has been better. Like Clay coming off the bench is kind of cool. I mean, if he can yeah. get hot and, you know, I'm, you're not necessarily counting on him as, yeah. you know, a, a cornerstone of that offense anymore. But, but you know, it, I, they're, the they're fine. It's just cool. Like, yeah, it, the window, the yeah. window is like they're just not at that top, that top echelon, yeah. it's, and that's what we've expected of them for Correct. so many years. So to see them in tenth and ju- and knowing they're you know a first to second round out, if they make it through the play in, yeah. is 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 be interesting to watch. Yeah, after so long seeing them be completely dominant. And I Sam, I do think that Clay is a is an integral part to their offense because he's now a part of the second unit. Yeah. And they're missing a big piece of that second unit, which is Chris Paul. Right. Which is due to come back to uh and see how that that works together. Because now they're starting to get healthier, uh pieces starting to come together, and they have that experience. We all know the experience means a lot. So I, I still feel they'll be around, but I'm telling you right now, these young teams out there, these young pups out here in the West, it's just like we don't care what you won before. We're yeah. not scared of you. We're going to show you every single time you play yeah. us that you're not going to win this. Well, it's it's just a product of yeah. like what they created. Yeah. So obviously, to stop them, you needed length at every position. You <laughs> need six, seven guards all up and down the floor. You need size up front, and they just don't have size anymore. No, like they, Draymond that's is what their the size. Have in yeah. space, yeah. right? I mean, Nuggets just, have size. Uh, Rockets Gordon have size. Timberwolves have Gordon, size. Yeah. Yep. The, all these teams have size and they just don't have it anymore. And they can they can only look at themselves to blame because the league said, all right, we can't stop you shooting. Correct. Uh, you know, at the clip you're shooting. So we're just going to have to get six, seven rangy small forwards to guard Steph and Clay and then see how it shakes out. Yeah. By, so. by the way, Braids Aaron Gordon is better than Caesar Eric Gordon. I don't care. <laughs> it says. Right. He's a monster. He's he's, he's the X factor. For he now. really like, is, and it's yeah. it's crazy to see that he was tucked away in Orlando for yep. so long, and he was he was essentially doing his thing, but it wasn't. You're in Orlando. You're you just basically go there to die, and he got out, and he he's showing exactly what it is. So yeah, I'm when, very. I have happy. to admit, and we probably said it. I probably said it when the trade happened to Denver. I'm like, oh, all right. I mm-hmm. the talent is there, but I just kind of looked at always looked at Aaron Gordon as as what we just said, the best player on a really bad team and just more of a guy who will create his own play like in, you know, driving to the basket kind of thing. And and he is in the, just the way they use his size and he can play off of, obviously the whole team runs through Joker, but but even just the, the length that this team has and you know they they can put Aaron Gordon on. You just mentioned putting small forwards and power forwards on on these shooters, and it's you know it give these guys fits. So I you know um, yeah, I, I was it's, that's where I was wrong, totally wrong on Aaron. That's why we all you know we all have them pretty much in the final. You know I yeah. did. I I can't remember if you guys did, but yeah, there's not many teams that can match up with them. 
at all. Like they're going to be be- beating them four times in the playoffs. Good luck. Yeah. Well, there's two things, Sam, to your to that. One, how many Orlando Magic games did you watch? I I dared not a lot. Just like me and like Harrison, not much. Uh, outside of yeah. Orlando Magic fans, you don't really watch it. But he was always uber athletic. We obviously saw that with the dunk contest and whatnot. Clearly. But he could score. He he was he was scoring. He's a lanky guy, so we, he's able to do those things. But what they built together, it just everything, all the pieces they added in Denver is just perfect to complement your star player. But they all complement each other very very well. And and the key piece. That as we talked about injuries with with uh, Clay Thompson, oh, yeah. key piece with Jamal Murray. Yeah. Jamal Murray, we were waiting for so many years. Like if Jamal Murray is healthy, this team yep. could do this, and he was finally healthy. And what they do, right? So right. now, obviously, he just came back from. Well, he just had this little weird situation on the court the other day, but he was able to play last night, and he's good. If he continues to be able to stay healthy, it's going to be hard to beat that team again. It really just is. yeah, it really they're is. rolling. It's like you said, the the maturation of Aaron Gordon has been is crazy. I mean, you know, watching him in Arizona, he was more of a two guard, three guard. Yeah. Then he gets to the NBA, puts some size on, then he turns into like more of a power forward. Mm-hmm. And now they they just use him as kind of everything, and that's that's what you need now: different rangy guys all over the court that can complement your best player, which is which is Jokic. So they 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 have it. Yeah, their window is right now, and let's see how many championships they can win during it. Yeah, and the selfish selfishness or lack there love of a guy like that, where he mm-hmm. was, you know, the best player on that team, uh, aside from a who was, was a center they traded the Vulovic, Fuch- right? Fuchivic, Fuchivic, yeah. Aside from him, like the best player on that team, and here you you come into this is before Denver even won a, you know, they made it they made it pretty far in the playoffs, but that was it. And and now you you know you just okay this is my role this is what I'm going to do I'm going to compliment the best player in basketball and I'm going to do what I yeah. need to do to win and like that's that's you know it's so so important it's so funny like with that. with the the Magic just keep drafting really good talent they do you got, you got Paulo yeah you got Franz Franz Wagner who's supremely underrated he's another one of those oh, guys oh, that yeah. I could see you know he leaves the Magic or they decide to trade him away for some reason and he ends up on a team. And he's that third or fourth guy. Yeah. They have a ton of those guys. They just don't seem to have the right mix at the right time or the team culture to do it. Um, but they draft really well. I feel like the state of Florida's professional teams all do this. Because <laughs> the, the Jags were doing the same thing. They were drafting really, really good talent. And they were letting talent, talent for other teams. walk out the door. Yeah, motivating yeah. for other teams. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's their, their farm systems for right. other teams over and over again. And it, it's ridiculous. Like the Buccaneers, they have they every year they draft a defensive guy. You're just like, who the hell? How is this guy doing this? And and it continues to happen over and over again. So I don't know. There's something in the water with with Florida. Well, yeah, we clearly know something in the water with Florida. Period. <laughs> so let me just stop there. But just what they're doing now there when it comes to drafting players is great. It's just keeping them. There's so I much don't know what yeah. it is. I just don't know what it is. But I mean, now things are turning around. At least with the Jags, I can't speak for the other teams. Though, well, so. even like the I'll speak for baseball when the Rays lock in and yeah. they trade for a post type kind of prospect. Like yeah, I just got Ryan Pepio from the Dodgers for Tyler Glass. Now it's like okay, you don't know who Ryan Pepio is right now, guys. But if he can stay healthy, and you will know who Ryan Pepio is. 
And it's like one of these things where it's like if the, and you know, the other team that does this is the Dodgers. And it's ironic because Andrew Friedman now runs the Dodgers and he used to run the Rays when the Rays had no money. So now you're looking at the best organization <laughs> in baseball analytically, and it's run by a former Tampa Bay Ray executive. So it's, you know, now they have money and can just, you know, F you to everybody else around them. But when those two teams lock onto a player and get them like, oh, what are they doing here? And you can, you know, it's it's interesting there. But yeah, the magic just sugs. Uh, you know, we mm-hmm. mentioned Paulo and, and Franz, uh, uh, one, uh, Anthony Black. Like there's so many good, yeah. especially at the guard position, there's so many uh, good young talent uh, talent there that it's like how is this all going to work and I'm glad to see like a similar team um, you know it's the Thunder at least where they just were collecting assets for so long and then you know the the whole thing was like okay if we can get one big star to come here and mold everything around it it'll work but SGA ended up you know again came to this team and has developed into a top player in this league and now you're finding guys to to complement around them, and it's been it's been fun to watch. To, to be fair, the Thunder did have three future Hall of Famers. I mean, re- you know what I mean. Yes, yeah. yes, I know. <laughs> just just to be fair to put it in context for people, they yes. did draft three future Hall of Famers that all left their team, and it seems- they could not be the Warriors, as Harrison was just saving because of their length, and then one of them went and joined the Warriors. So you know, <laughs> three times. It's just weird. NBA windows like are for, so weird. They're so small. They are happening. Yeah. yeah. They're so small. You, you got you got to hit right. You have to find that superstar. The Thunder hit right with SGA, and then everyone around him just looks so much better. You know, the Magic hit right on someone else, but who knows? The timing of it is all off, and Paolo's on his, you know, his not his rookie deal, and Franz is not on his rookie deal. So it's all it's all tricky. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Big. Big uh, game winner by Paolo last night. That was fun. Yeah. Traveled, yeah. but it's fine. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, They're not going right. to call that there. That's fine. It's no. all good. <laughs> it's the Pistons. It's like, uh... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that's uh, anything else, guys? What, uh, what are you looking forward to this week? What's going on? Ooh. We used to ask this question. We kind of got away from it. I don't know. Nothing, really. It is real. It is this week. The week. Yeah, it's not a good week. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, Brandon, uh, just watching some more spring training, and it's been, uh, okay, it's been fun. Seeing it's been baby uh, bombers, it's been fun to watch. Yeah, Brandon see, and I have been shout, invested in this. Shout out, shout yeah. out the Yankees Instagram. That thing is they're they're pumping content. They are. Uh, they're smart. They know. I'm in love. I love Juan Soto. We we set it up top, but I am full. I'm in. I'm fully in. Come on, dude. So <laughs> it's. I'm just very happy to see the the young kids that I've gotten the opportunity to see uh, at our local Yankee affiliate at the Renegades. Seeing those young players there that were raking there and now are up in the bigs. Uh, the Martian, uh, Spencer Jones, yeah. and so on and so forth. Like it just it makes it it. It makes me feel like I grew up and watched them, even though I've opened well, all of them, yeah, right? Both them, watched yeah. them grow through the the farm system and then make it to the big leagues and then get their opportunity. Yeah. And it's it's just fun watching these young kids. There's a young kid that pitched today. He's only 19 years old. That is absolutely not going to make the roster, but he pitches for the Renegades. So we're, we'll be able to go and see him 
during the summer and then you can get to watch these guys grow like that's been my favorite part of the yankees actually growing yeah. far system farm system excuse me um so that's just been really really fun for me so i'm just looking forward to that and seeing what's happening with that and uh watching the bucks work their way to the finals like i said yeah <laughs> I've changed yeah, my no, tune I'll... on the Bucks. I feel like, uh, and, and obviously they had a big weekend too, but um, yeah, if they can figure this out, they're going to be a problem. And Well, they look, because per Patrick Beverly, he told Dame to shoot the dots when he's open because the team needs to see him miss so they can get rebounds and stuff. So per Patrick yeah, that, Beverly. The, the, the defensive thing is so big. Like that transition yeah. defense is so yeah. huge, and yeah. they're so much better at it now. So like when people were like, why are they firing their coach midseason? Like, this is why, like, their transition defense and their defense in general was just not very good, and now it's a little bit better, and they're they're talented, super talented. Yeah, well, they they certainly have the 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 right clutch offensive players, and if they yeah. can figure out a defensive scheme that works for them, or at least to mitigate, you know, you know, some of the points up against them, then they're gonna mm-hmm. definitely be a problem for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, Harrison Hayes is really invested in the baby bombers as I am. I love them. So much fun to talk to him about like single A prospects that you would not think Brandon Hazelwood would be interested in. But when we traded for Juan Soto, he's like, no, through Drew Thorpe. And I'm like, I never <laughs> would have thought this is happening. Come on. Here we are. I like, I want it, yeah. I want it both ways. Like he said, yeah. like last year, last year was just a, doldrum like it was so boring until they yeah. called up their young guys yeah and I've, you know they're not gonna go far but at least you're invested in it cool. yeah, that's what it takes in july and august like all right we're not winning a championship but at least you know we're watching guys yeah. that we 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 have a rooting interest in um and that's that's what the yankees used to be you know we there was a long period of time where it just it hasn't been that so i'm right with you guys like just you know, watching these guys mature and get their chance and then coming through, that that's worth it to me. It it feels like I know everybody calls the Yankees the evil empire, right? And the Yankees go out and it, historically, at least when we were growing up, they would go out and get all the big name free agents that they possibly could that were that they were able to get, right? But I, I think people keep forgetting that there was the core four. It, it yeah. was guys that came from the Yankees organization. And this is what it kind of feels like to me now is you have Judge that came out of your system that is the star of stars, right, that broke this home run record. Everybody loves this guy and so on and so forth, right? You got him. You went out and got Garrett Cole, a guy that has been a Yankees fan his whole entire life. You went out and got a guy that wants to be here, right? You bring Volpe up, who was a kid from New York, uh, New Jersey, tri-state area, right? That is fully invested in, could be the future, looking for the replacement for shortstop, right? You're you're bringing up all these young guys and it feels great, but then you're also still going out and getting the Juan Sotos of the world. Like it just, that transaction felt like going out and getting Alex Rodriguez, right? I'm not saying that they're the same level or, or the comparison. I'm just saying the feeling of it was like, damn, like we got a chance to actually do something now, right? So, I mean, I'm invested in the fact because those moves are actually being made, especially with Cashman uh, sitting on his thumbs for the last five years. Um, so I'm very, very happy with what's actually happening. So. Well, I I feel just in the last couple of days that our new assistant general manager, Aaron Judge, 
will keep <laughs> Juan Soto in pinstripes. I yeah. have this really good feeling about it. And like this, there, it seems like the vibes up. I mean, I'm not one, I don't love Alex Verdugo, but everyone seems to really love him. And like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I know like as much as I've like bashed him like months from now, I'll be like, yo, this dude, like this is the <laughs> dude that you hate on the other teams, but you're yeah, glad yeah. he yeah. kind of thinks he's Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Yeah. He's Patrick Beverly. He doesn't he's call like Patrick Alex. Beverly, but he's Patrick Beverly. Maybe a little more talented. He's a double, he's a double machine. Aaron Judge <laughs> yeah. wanted him for the Yankees for quite some time. That's what I mean. Like I, out. I, like, so, yeah, Aaron Judge is the assistant GM, for sure. Yeah, so. For sure. It's exciting times for the Yankees. Spencer yeah, Jones, sure. five for five, by the way. I'm so. in. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm, I'm in here. Let's go. Yes, sir. Right. Well, uh, that's the podcast. 125 in the books. Harrison Hayes, thanks so much for Stop, look at that. Gem Mint 10. Jason wow. Dominguez, Gem Mint 10. The Martian. Love him. Love it. Let's go. He keeps it, he keeps it by his bed at night. <laughs> I might. I'm two of them. I, I totally, I hear you. I, I have two as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. So, yeah. Uh, guys, thanks so much for, uh, you know, hopping on as always. Um, and uh, everyone for listening. Tell your friends. Give us those five star reviews. They help so much. And follow us on Instagram and all of that cool stuff. Smash the like button. There we hey, go. Kylo, there we go. So, for Brandon and uh, Harrison, I'm Sam. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time. Peace. Yeah, Harrison's happening. Mm. Dewey is back in New York. And the Liberty are going to win a championship. That's all I'm going to say. Goodbye. Okay.